Welcome to Farm Chica's podcast focusing on raising meat rabbits. Hunting rabbits has been around as long as humans have been in existence, utilizing domesticated things such as dogs to be released and help you find those rabbit holes, locate them, and definitely consume them. Rabbits are lean meat, complementary to chicken. Um, they are very tender and meaty. So those who are pro cottontails and pro Peter rabbits and who are vegan or vegetarian, I suggest not listening to this podcast. This is for meat lovers. This is for my ancestors who lived off the land consuming lots of different protein, um, rabbit being one of them. It is a very lean meat, um, so it's not something that you can sustain on long term. You definitely need some fats for energy, and this is not a fatty meat. So today I'll be talking about uh, the history of domestication of raising meat rabbits, as well as some tips and tricks to creating just an alternative source of protein that you can raise in your backyard, farm, or homestead that can add nutrition for your family. Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Rene Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. Archaeological evidence points that Romans were the earliest human beings to domesticate rabbits by the use of hutches. There's also evidence that shows that during the Paleolithic era, Rabbits were commonly hunted in the Iberian Peninsula and southwest France. But by the Middle Ages, rabbits were considered a high-status food and regularly transported across Europe. However, it took about 2,000 years to see differences in wild and domesticated rabbits in terms of their bone structures. There is no clear evidence whether rabbits were domesticated solely for meat use or also for pets. There's definitely no defining line. Um, so whether it was for enjoying them as a meat source or having them as a pet, there's not really a whole lot to differentiate between the two. So today's podcast is not to talk about having pet rabbits. I have had pet rabbits. Currently, my daughter has a pet rabbit. But today I'll be talking about actually raising rabbits as a meat source. And so um, we'll leave the pet bunnies for another conversation. But the goal of Farm Chica is to focus on creating more sustainable lifestyles by easy to apply tips. And this is one to add an added meat source to your backyard homestead or farm game. The domesticated rabbit movement in the United States began in about the early 1900s, but it wasn't about until after World War I that it became a thing to do. You see, wild rabbits have always been a thing, and humans have been consistently hunting for rabbits, specifically here in America, whether you're trapping them or using dogs to find those rabbit holes. Definitely the history of hunting them is um, very much entwined with our history. However, in terms of domestication as another type of meat source, the value 
of meat rabbits and the value of their protein um, was not seen, at least in the United States here, as a valuable meat source until at least after World War I. Rabbits are small. Um, you need quite a bit to feed a large family. And so what makes them a really um, nice way to integrate into your backyard farm or homestead is they're really small. They don't take up a lot of space. You can raise quite a bit of rabbits and quite a bit of meat with a small amount of investment and small space. So just talking about some breeds that are common for domesticating and using for meat sources, the American is the original. It's um, one of only six rabbit breeds developed in the United States. Some other varieties of rabbits that are used for meat production are the Blue Vienna, Blue Beaverven, Blue Imperial, and the Blue Flemish Giant. These are the very large rabbits. If you Google them, they're pretty large. And there are a ton of other rabbit breeds all across the world. Currently, one of our pet bunnies is a chinchilla rabbit, so it has a super soft um, fur coat, and that is our pet, not our food. And honestly, in my experience with raising rabbits for meat, I've had just basic bunny rabbits that either people have bought rabbits um, thinking that they'd be a great pet and then they don't have space for them. And then they've called me up because they know that I've had a farm and I've inherited quite a bit of rabbits that way. Um, some are mainly just for pets, but other ones have been used um, to breed with other ones to create meat. And everyone has always asked, well, what kind of rabbits do you have when we are breeding rabbits? And honestly, they are so mixed. Um, probably my common reply is it's a bunny rabbit. I'm not sure. So in sum, you can raise any rabbit to eat. Any rabbit can be consumed. Um, here in New Mexico, cottontails are hunted. They're wild. They're really tiny. Um, I've tried to domesticate cottontails. It's never a good experience. They're very wild breeds of rabbits. They don't thrive in a domesticated environment, but you can consume them. They're just really small and small bone structure. Or you can invest and buy a rabbit at a local um, place that sells feed, a farm store, and you can and raise rabbits or you can buy them online and find them from other folks or like me. Um, let people know that you raise rabbits and you inherit quite a bit over time. So to raise meat rabbits, you literally need one doe and one buck. So a mating pair. And you can choose any type of rabbit breed that you feel most comfortable with. And you need a hutch. Um, the thing about male rabbits is they consistently want to mate. Um, and they can be very aggressive in this process. It is animal behavior. Um, sometimes for folks who are not used to farm living and not used to animal raising, they might be a little um, taken back by the male behavior, um, but just uh, take a deep breath sometimes and, and take a step back. This is a normal human um, reaction to such human uh, animal behavior. So, so don't worry about it. Males can be really intense. Almost any male animal is when it comes to mating. Um, so I would encourage you to, to get more than uh, two hutches just because the buck can be very aggressive, especially to the babies. So let the buck do um, its visitation time with the female and then go ahead and remove him. Um, it really only takes like 10 seconds. Sometimes it takes, sometimes it doesn't, but it's actually really quick. Um, also, rabbits, 
specifically females, are very territorial. And so the best advice I have is take that female and put her into the male hutch and male cage area because otherwise the male will bite him and be very aggressive. And she's going to be a little bit more open to breed if you take her to his home rather than the other way around. It's normal for the rabbits to run in circles for a bit. Um, if the female is open to being bred, she'll lift up her tail. The male will mount her, and then he'll fall off onto his side. It's very quick. He'll do this a couple times more, and you'll really just want to watch them and monitor them. It can be really quick. Um, you can also miss it, and it's a good idea um, if you don't really see any behavior happening, or maybe you do. Uh, take the female out, take her back to her home, and then maybe try the breeding um, maybe 10 to 12 hours later. The act of breeding in a female rabbit actually stimulates them to ovulate. So you'll increase your chances of a decent-sized litter if there's a second breeding within 10 to 12 hours. And tip, if the female never settles down and she's really aggressive and is running in circles, um, she's likely not in heat. So just take her out and try again the next day. And rabbits don't go in heat the same way other animals do. She just may not be interested on that day. So if you've tried several days in a row and she's still not willing, there may be some other issues with your female doe. So if you've tried for at least five days in a row and she's not open to being, you know, having some time with the male doe, it could be that she might be too fat. Um, and actually being overweight in a female rabbit actually causes infertility. So if she's a little chunky, just cut down on some of the treats or maybe um, do some rationing with her food. And then once she's slimmed down, then you can try this whole mating ritual again. Also, another factor could be that it's just too hot outside. Um, super hot days can cause some infertility issues, um, mainly with the male sperm. So if it's hotter than 85 degrees, you just may not get the same pregnancy results as you would in cooler weather. Um, we've also learned a, treat, a, a trick over the years to get some tiles like from Home Depot or Lowe's or one of your local home improvement stores, um, some just single tiny, you know, maybe six by six tiles, put those in the freezer and on a really, really hot day, take those out and put them in your rabbit hutch and the rabbits will lay on them and cool off. It's, it's a nice little treat for them. Also, rabbits similar to chickens are very sensitive to day length. So if you're getting less than 12 to 14 hours of light, try adding some lights to the rabbit hutches just to see if that helps. Sometimes newer does may not know what to do because they've never done this before. So once they've successfully bred, they're more eager to do it the next time. And just to give you insight, because I know sometimes I've heard folks over time, gosh, that poor female, um, she's always getting bred. But actually does in the wild breed sometimes on the same day they give birth. And baby rabbits are weaned at four weeks old. You have to understand evolutionary wise, um, rabbits are prey to a lot of things. Almost everything wants to eat a rabbit. And so the fact that they are able to mate multiple times very quickly and reproduce means that that explains why they're not extinct today. Or when in doubt, you can just play some 80s romance love ballads such as Foreigner. Okay, they've made it. Now what? Well, if you've successfully witnessed the rabbits breeding, now the one thing to do is get ready for babies and play the waiting game. Rabbits usually give birth 28 days after breeding. It's pretty quick. Uh, they'll create their own nest box. They will pluck their fur out of their abdomen and make a nest for those babies. You see 
Baby rabbits are born blind, bald, and deaf. Um, so they need a really warm place to stay warm and not freeze to death. You can always add some things in there, such as hay. Um, if you put alfalfa in there, though, the, the rabbit will likely eat it. But uh, maybe try some straw. If you have feathers from birds across the farm, um, rabbits definitely will use whatever they can to make that nest. So one, there's a lot of false pregnancies in rabbits. They'll actually pretend like they're pregnant and they'll make a nest. So if they're making a nest 17 days after being bred, they're not really pregnant. Um, you can definitely put them back into the breeding mode with the buck. Rabbits also have two horns to their uterus. So it's possible that she can be pregnant on one side and then she can get pregnant on the other side. So yes, you heard me right. A doe can carry two different bucks litters on each side of that uterus. Other ways to tell if your doe is pregnant is maybe check um, their mood changes. Yeah, I can tell you. They might be moody and grouchy. Well, they could be pregnant. Well, not really. I feel like does are a little bit more grouchy permanently than bucks. Bucks are usually sweeter. Um, they're just sweet rabbits. Um, usually most of my pet rabbits over the years have been males because they're much sweeter than the does. So just FYI, if you want to raise pet bunnies, uh, get a male. Um, also you should start noticing at least 12 days after breeding, there might be some marble sized things around her belly. Um, you will be able to tell if she's pregnant. She will get bigger. Um, definitely, um, baby rabbits are tiny, but you can definitely, um, tell when a, a rabbit is pregnant. And if it's about 21 days after breeding and she's starting to nest and she's trying to line the nest with her fur, plucking it out, she's definitely pregnant. So again, rabbits are usually pregnant from 28 to 30 days, and then they give birth. And if you think she's pregnant, she's acting pregnant, she's nesting after 21 days, and there's still no babies after day 32, sadly, um, she may not be pregnant. Um, I'd still wait a couple more days, at least till day 36, just because I'm ultra conservative about not overbreeding the female does. So if she is pregnant, what do you do once she has her babies? They're really tiny and she'll bury them in that nest. And sometimes you won't even know that there's babies there. And sometimes you'll look at that nest and you'll see a little bit of movement. And that means that she has babies. So check the nest. Um, sometimes when it's really cold, some of them freeze to death. So remove any dead ones because if there is a dead one, she'll likely neglect the rest of the litter. So just remove those dead ones out of there. And you can tell if they're dead. They will be ice cold and almost rigor mortis-like, and you can tell that they're definitely not alive. Also, it's easy. Um, some of them get really cold, and they might not move, and you might think they're dead, but um, just put some more f um, feathers or other things in that nest area and make sure that they are warmed up before you determine if they're dead. If you're worried about the litter, you can bring everyone inside. I can tell you right now, raising baby rabbits without their mothers is really, really difficult. Rabbits nurse their young at dawn and dusk, so you can bring them in together. They'll definitely do um, feeding twice a day. The doe will hop right into the nest and feed the babies. Again, they're blind, deaf, and bald. So it's really important that the mother raises them because it's just really hard to emulate that kind of environment for baby rabbits. Again, I can't stress enough, you can't have the males in there with the females. The males will eat the babies um, likely because they want to get the doe breeding again. And so they see the babies as competition to their breeding lifestyle. Again, bucks like to breed consistently. So just keep them separate. 
So baby rabbits are completely weaned at four weeks old. Um, there's some theories out there in breeding rabbits that if you breed the doe again when her babies are four weeks old, the next litter is born when those are eight weeks old. And then you can get quite a bit of litters per year with that method. I I don't think we've ever used rabbits as like our only meat source. It's been kind of supplementary to what we currently eat in our diet. So it's kind of just whenever we sell the babies or maybe choose one that we want to keep and then get another buck and breed them. Um, we kind of just self-select based on, you know, the runt versus the ones who are like, you know, really strong. But overall, we usually give the rabbits away or sell them um, and kind of keep that mating pair because they're usually um, pretty good at it after the first time. And you'll be surprised, does actually show signs of wanting to be mated again. Um, They'll have like a restless nervousness by rubbing her chin on feeding feeding or watering equipment and definitely um, want to, to, to mate. And so they definitely get excited about it. It's not necessarily all that bad for them either. So raising rabbits and breeding them is really easy to do. It's not super complicated as long as you have that breeding pair, have a place for them to be separate and kind of just monitor them. Um, Sometimes does aren't great mothers. I've seen does have batches of babies and completely ignore them. Then she's not a doe you want to keep around uh, for mating. So select your mating pair. Uh, Choose whatever breed you want. Um, Like I said, we always just grab any random rabbit we have and create a breeding pair that way. Um, Definitely um, fun to do and baby rabbits are super cute. And I think um, we used to spend time mating the rabbits at least four to six weeks before Easter because people always want bunny rabbits on Easter. They're just really fun. Another fun thing you can do with baby rabbits when they're like four weeks old, they're super cute. Um, you can have a little like fence, um, kind of like I see them as like the little toddler fence around areas. You can put those on like outside on the grass or something and put the baby rabbits in there and they just hop around and they're super, super cute. But be wary. Um, you can't keep those baby rabbits out of sight. They will be eaten by something. Again, they're prey. I've seen hawks come in. I've seen owls come in and take little baby rabbits because they're easy prey, but they're super cute. Some blogs about raising rabbits for meat, such as Mother Earth News, indicate that two does and one buck should equal 180 pounds of meat per year. We've never quite calculated that way, but I say just start with it and see how it goes. And most importantly, what do you feed your rabbits? Well, rabbits should have a daily diet of hay, smaller amounts of fresh vegetables, and some rabbit pellet food. There's lots of different types of rabbit food out there. You can go to your local feed store and find any kind of high-quality rabbit food. Also, scraps and fresh veggies and fruits are always great for rabbits. Just make sure you Google and see if rabbits can eat certain things because they can't eat every vegetable and every fruit out there. Um, But ours definitely love to chew on carrots, Um, but they also love other things as greens and they love strawberries. And with everything in its place, sometimes it's common for rabbits to do really well and thrive and have lots of babies and then they suddenly stop. It's just part of genetics. Um, If you want to continue raising meat rabbits, just try buying different does and introducing other types of maybe bucks into the equation and see how it goes. Another thing about health, sometimes rabbits get sick and 
yes, you can take that rabbit to a vet, but honestly, as much as you'll pay for the vet care, it's just not worth it instead of investing in a new doe or a new buck. Um, Sometimes rabbits get ear mites. Um, There is a solution for these. If you don't treat them quickly, it will kill them. Um, Just mix um, half oil, um, such as like olive oil works really well in some warm water, not super hot. Um, mix it up, shake it up, put it like in a, um, I get those, um, almost like those condiment squeezers and just lightly take the rabbit, bring up its ear and slightly run that liquid through there. Um, you can buy ear mite stuff, but to me, this just works really well. Um, but if, again, if you don't treat them, they will die and it will kill them. It's hard for beginning breeders, um, because you've invested a lot in your animals and you love them. And, you know, we care for our animals. I love every single animal. I treat it as, um, an amazing creature from mother earth. Um, however, uh, poor performing breeders and, um, anyone with small litters or, you know, the mothers that don't take care of their litters. And, you know, there's a lot of factors in play that you can't control. And so just, Switching them out, changing them, and not working with them. Um, it's good to be patient and see how they perform. But honestly, if you have a sick rabbit or you have a rabbit that's just not doing well, I suggest either making that a pet or um, letting it um, run out on the farm on its own and introducing a new rabbit. And I've spent a lot of time talking about when things don't stick and when breeding doesn't work. But honestly, at the end of the day, rabbit math is a real thing. You'll realize very quickly, rabbits will multiply. They breed very quickly. Pregnancies are very short. Baby rabbits are weaned really quickly and they're sexually mature, very young, at least by eight weeks. And so they'll start beginning to have lots of rabbits and reproduce like crazy. And before you know it, you'll have a whole backyard full of rabbits. Yes, it has happened. I've seen it and it's not a fun place to be in. So just FYI, monitor your breeding, keep those bunnies separated from one another because they will breed like rabbits and you'll have a ton of baby bunnies. Another thing I want to talk about, and I allude to this quite frequently, um, I guess living in the Pacific Northwest, um, just from what I'm not used to culturally, there's a lot more vegetarians and vegans that I've encountered in this area. And anytime I talk about raising meat, I get looks and I get criticized. But honestly, this is my culture. My ancestors lived off the land. I am both native and Hispanic. I come from a long line of people who have respected mother nature. Um, I come from an agricultural background. There's lots of people in my family who've had farms and historically my ancestors lived off the land. So honestly, to me, it's a little bit of a cultural microaggression in my opinion. However, I think sometimes when people see rabbits, they see, oh, it's a bunny, it's a pet, when in reality, I think the um, the easiest way to talk to people about this is, one, you probably shouldn't be friends with them to begin with if they don't respect your way, way of living. Um, I think it's easier to um, say I raise meat rabbits rather than I'm raising rabbits for meat. I think the raising rabbits cues the pet brain folks and the cute little bunnies and Peter Cottontails of the world. And I think when you frame it as I raise meat rabbits, it's just more digestible. Um, I have read online, you know, just kind of prepping for this podcast today (laughs) that there's a lot of animal rights activists and there's people who are raising 
these animals for their own backyard, homestead or farm, and they've been getting a lot of emotional um, feedback from people in the community, which I just think that's just really sad. Um, I think um, rabbits have been part of um, human existence for quite some time. And I'll talk next about the really fun part of this whole thing is what to do with that meat and some really great yummy recipes um, that you can have from lovely rabbits. They're great creatures. Um, I treat them with respect. I thank them for their service to the farm and my life. And then they go to feed and nourish the bellies of the family. So it's important to think about it as a cycle there. And despite the challenges of either criticism from people or um, just the process of being patient and waiting for that doe to breed and that buck to do its job, it's so worth it. Um, these are very uh, cheap investment for any kind of meat. It's a very lean meat. And personally, I think rabbit is better than chicken. It's it's a white meat. It's very uh, lean like chicken. And so in any recipe, you can substitute rabbit for chicken and use it in similar ways, which I'll talk about next. Besides the traditional Hassenpfeffer, which is rabbit stew, there are many other delicious recipes to eat with that great rabbit. So before I get into some cooking ideas and how to um, use that meat that you've harvested, um, I want, I'm not going to go too into the actual harvesting and butchering of the animal. If, if you want to learn more about the actual fabrication of a rabbit, because there are a lot of tiny bones in its actual rib cavity, um, you definitely want to watch some videos out there. There's a lot on YouTube, but if you go to um, the, the farm Facebook page, which is Vita Greenacre Family Farm, years ago when I was still living in New Mexico, I recorded a video on how to fabricate rabbits and it's one of the videos posted on that page. So again, it's just uh, Vida, like as in life, V-I-D-A, Vida, Green Acre, Family Farm. You can follow it on Facebook, but there is a video out there um, and I believe it's linked to the YouTube page so you should be able to find it. Um, and that will go more into detail on once you've harvested that animal, how do you then um, quarter it um, to make it into um, using it for different recipes. And I highly suggest that because when I first started cooking with rabbit, I would just kind of throw it all in there and let it like cook down and then not realizing that those tiny little rib bones are not fun to pick out of your rabbit stew. So just FYI in preparation. Um, and just another thing about dispatching um, rabbits, they're really easy to kill. Um, it doesn't take much more than a knock to their head. And then you can um, find YouTube videos on how to like skin them. And then um, how to gut them. They're very easy to process. You can process multiple rabbits. Um, they're definitely easier than any other kind of um, bird that I've ever harvested. Um, rabbits are pretty quick. Um, I've never saved the fur, although I've wanted to. I just never got into the weeds of like tanning hides and stuff. But rabbit fur is so great. I've always wanted to make a rabbit fur purse. Someday it's in my future, just not right now. It's not something that I've been able to do. Um, but definitely easy to harvest, um, so um, make sure you figure out how to fabricate that meat before we get into the recipes. So recipes. Well, Hassenpfeffer is a traditional um, rabbit stew, and it's really easy to do, especially if you have a Dutch oven. I highly suggest trying Hassenpfeffer once in your lifetime. It's a great stew, 
really flavorful, especially if you have that Dutch oven, you saute those veggies in, you create like a pan sauce, and then you put that meat in there and, and just it just makes it so much more flavorful, especially if you have that Dutch oven. Um, you can also just throw it in the pot and do a pot roasted um, rabbit recipe. There's lots of things out there. Um, one thing I'll mention is rabbit is very lean. It doesn't have any fat and even the fat that it does have on it rabbit fat is not very flavorful. And so when you're cooking rabbit, you need a fat. Um, obviously I cook with lean flat fat. So I use coconut oil and I use, um, avocado oil, but bacon is always the best. And if you have duck fat, it's even better. Um, Again, rabbit stew, Hassan Pfeffer, better known as that. It's 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 a great stew, and you can even add in a wine sauce reduction there. You can do stuffed rabbit, um, so the whole rabbit without having to fabricate um, the meat. You can um, stuff it with something similar to like a turkey, and it comes out very flavorful. Um, some other things that I've done um, when I've had quite a bit of rabbit, I've actually uh, quartered the rabbit. And I've taken the loin, which comes right off of its, basically, its center area and its torso. And I've taken the multiple loins um, from every rabbit so that you get about two loins per rabbit. And I've bundled them up and I've wrapped them in bacon with kitchen twine. And I've done some sous vide uh, cooking of that with some other herbs and spices. And that's actually one of my favorites because when you pulled it out, everything had kind of congealed together that when you sliced it, you just had this awesome piece of like poultry with bacon and just flavor. And um, I'll do a future podcast focusing on sous vide cooking, but it's to me one of the best ways to cook flavor into any food and also have very tender meat. Um, also something else is if you've quartered me, um, those rabbit thighs and legs are really delicious in a mustard sauce. Um, so I usually like to use Dijon and so any kind of pan sauce, um, basically it's pretty simple. You have a fat, um, that you either render from the meat itself. In this case, not, I would suggest using bacon or, um, lard even, which is from a pig. Um, my case, coconut oil does just fine. Um, you can saute veggies in there. Um, you can even add in a little bit of stock. Um, I really, that's one of my secrets for most of my pan sauces is I add stock, whether it's chicken stock, um, or a vegetable stock or a duck stock that I've made, um, from some of the, the, the ducks that I've raised. Um, it just adds a different flavor. And then you add a little bit of Dijon. Um, if you want a thicker sauce, obviously when you're rendering that fat, you want to put in some thickener, whether it's flour or cornstarch. Um, for gluten-free folks, cornstarch works perfectly. And you add in that Dijon and then you add in the rabbit pieces. You cover it and you kind of let it simmer and it just simmers in all that pan sauce and it just makes it taste so amazing. Um, I'm sure there's ways to grill it. Um, I've never actually grilled rabbit. Um, I just, I'm always afraid of drying out my meat. Um, so that's something that I've never actually tried, but it's definitely possible. Um, and again, you can substitute rabbit into any chicken recipe. So why not have a rabbit pot pie? Um, maybe in the future, I'll tell you about my tips to making a really good pastry crust because I've definitely perfected my pie crust over the years. Um, 
You can fry it in pieces. I've never actually tried that. I'll have to try that with an air fryer. Probably in the future is maybe air fry some of that that rabbit. That might actually uh, be a really good recipe. Um, I know for some of our um, hunters out there, and I'm just so impressed, and charcuterie and sausage making is something that I've not really gone far down the path with learning. Um, I have a couple of books on it, and I've also made my own um, like pork sausage, not necessarily in casings, but um, definitely crumbled, and I, I've used as part of recipes. But I've seen bear sausage, deer sausage, elk sausage, and I've even seen rabbit sausage, and that's definitely on my list. So any of my hunter friends and listeners out there, if you all can make sausage. I would love a tutorial on making rabbit sausage with some sage. Oh my gosh, I'm getting hungry and my mouth is watering. Um, so again, there's tons of rabbit recipes. Um, and another trick to any pan sauce too is maybe add some ales or, or um, any kind of beer too. It just adds that different flavor. Um, rosemary could actually be really good. Really anything that pairs well with chicken is going to just be perfect with rabbit. I make really good chicken piccata. I've actually never made rabbit piccata, but it also might be a really good recipe with that little bit of lemon and the capers. I think that would taste delicious. So there are a variety of ways to use that rabbit, um, grilling it, roasting it, sauteing it, sous sous videing it, whatever suits your fancy. And again, I don't know how to make the sausage, but that sounds really good too. So there, there's lots out there. I, I think even in looking for recipes one time, I think I saw a rabbit gumbo. Um, that sounds really good. And I know people make different types of jerkies too. It's not something that I've spent time doing just because I prefer beef jerky, but, um, definitely ways to do this. Again, I think the important tips I have is it's a lean meat. You need fat of some sort to add to it. I would say cook slow and low, which sous vide cooking is exactly that. But if you do do it in a pot or a Dutch oven, cooking it slow and low and letting anything braise and simmer just makes that taste amazing. Um, be creative. Um, I'm always here to answer questions um, about this podcast and recipes. Um, I just, I love um, cooking. That is my happy place. So if you have any questions, just rdelgado8505 at gmail.com. And again, any hunter friends out there, listeners, I would love to learn more about charcuterie and sausage making. But that is the podcast today. I'm so excited to share with you a form of meat that I've grown to love and appreciate. And I just feel so blessed that I can share that with you today. Thank you for listening to Farm Chica's podcast as I share with you how to get back to your ancestral roots, how to live a more sustainable lifestyle. And I'm just so honored that you listen and take your time to learn from me. Have a great one.